One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original... I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today on this Election Day special, we will be figuring out one of the greatest tragedies of the 90s. The breakup of the Spice Girls. Here's what you need to know. All for One, Salt and Peppa, Boys to Men, Dixie Chicks, Take That, Destiny's Child, Backstreet Boys, TLC, In Sync. The 90s pop music scene was bursting with girl and boy bands, but in the sea of groups attempting to sing and dance their way to the top, no other five-member squad brought the fashion and the girl power like the Spice Girls. Formed in 1994 as a feminist alternative to boy groups of the era, Victoria Adams, or Posh Spice, Melanie Brown, or Scary Spice, Emma Bunton, or Baby Spice, Melanie Chisholm, or Sporty Spice, and Jerry Hallowell, also known as Ginger Spice, were chosen out of 400 women who auditioned. Father-son management team duo Bob and Chris Herbert placed an ad in a trade magazine asking for singers for an all-female pop band. After getting the part, the five women lived together during their first year while they rehearsed and built a repertoire of choreographies and songs. Originally, the group was called Touch, but a few months into rehearsals, Jerry came up with the name Spice, and it stuck. In 1995, frustrated with their managers, the women brazenly stole the original mixes of the songs they'd recorded and dropped the Herberts. They then switched management to Simon Fuller, who managed Annie Lennox at the time, and signed with Virgin Records. 
After learning there was a rapper by the same name, the group officially changed their name to Spice Girls. After years of rehearsals and anticipation, finally, in July of 1996, their first single, Wannabe, was released. British pop stars the Spice Girls are taking the world by storm. It was an instant hit, and the women were thrust into the spotlight. Despite getting mixed reviews in the UK and US, Wannabe rose to the top of the charts and stayed there all summer long. Around this time, a reporter for Top of the Pops magazine gave the women their nicknames, Ginger, Sporty, Posh, Scary, and Baby. Their music video for Wannabe made them an international sensation. Media outlets and fans worldwide couldn't get enough of the group's catchy songs and feminist mantra. Their follow-up single, Say You'll Be There, and debut album, Spice, made them an international sensation. In just a few months, they'd sold over 23 million records worldwide. Much of the group's success hinged on how seemingly accessible the women felt and how defined their character traits were. While they dressed differently and had different interests, their friendship bond seemed impenetrable. When their second album, Spice World, and their musical film, Spice World the Movie, came out in 1997, they were five of the most recognizable faces around the globe. Their singles, Spice Up Your Life, Too Much, and Viva Forever, achieved major commercial success. And while the film was harshly criticized, it did well at the box office, a testament to the group's fan base. But by 1998, the group's solid bond was starting to show cracks. The Spice Girls' individual celebrity power started to take over the group's music. Victoria announced her engagement to soccer star David Beckham and became a tabloid fixture. Then, in May of 1998, Jerry shocked the group when she decided to leave during the middle of their Spice World tour. This was a major blow, but the remaining four women re-choreographed the show and finished the tour. Afterward, they went on an indefinite hiatus. Their third and final album, Forever, was released in November of 2000. It was by no means their biggest success, peaking at number two in the British charts and only selling four million copies. Just a few months later, in February of 2001, the band officially broke up. Fun Facts, aka Death Stats. Their debut single, Wannabe, hit number one in 37 countries. Wannabe was recorded in less than an hour. The solo parts were divided between Brown, Bunton, Chisholm, and Halliwell. Adams, aka Posh Spice, was not present during the writing session, but connected with the women via cell phone. She has no solo in the song. The original five Spice Girls did not include Emma Bunton. Initially, Michelle Stevenson was chosen, but after a few months, she was cut and Emma replaced her. The Spice Girls have sold 85 million records worldwide, making them the best-selling girl group of all time. Spice World the movie made over 150 million pounds at the box office. It grossed 29.6 million at the U.S. box office. Only two Spice Girl singles didn't hit number one. Stop in 1998, which peaked at number two, and Headlines, Friendship Never Ends, from their 2007 reunion tour, Greatest Hits album. In 1997, the group traveled to South Africa to meet Nelson Mandela. He described the meeting as, quote, one of the greatest moments in my life. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hello, Rebecca. <laughs> and uh, doing some fact-checking is Clayton Early. Cheerio, Rebecca. <laughs> and our very special guests are Georgia Mishak and Anastasia Kousakis. <laughs> Stosh, a.k.a. The Stosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think in British it would be Stash, probably, Stosh. which I would hate. Ooh. <laughs> I don't have a British accent. You'd be Stosh Spice. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> to anyone who knows Georgia and Stosh, uh, it's not going to be a shocker that uh, they're huge Spice Girls fans. 
Well, Georgia, oh it's a more obvious. Actually, Stodge, oh. tell us about your experience. <laughs> I did go to see the Spice Girls in the 90s with my entire family. I'm one of four kids. We all went. We all got to bring a plus one. So there was, I think, there might have been adults with us too. I don't really remember. Um, but we went dressed up to see them in Vancouver. It was like a highlight of my childhood. Um, I remember I was wearing these white patent leather go-go boots that I had for a reason I can't recall, but, um, for a and good reason. a very good reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, just, I mean, obviously had the time of my life. Mm. I, I was listening to Viva Forever yesterday, thinking about this podcast and just cried, like cried by wow. myself listening to the song. Um, they really move me. Yeah. These are sensitive times. That's uh, true. That's true. <laughs> I think it's definitely one of the biggest regrets of my life, at least top five, that I've never, that I never went to a Spice Girls concert. Yes. And didn't it get canceled, the one you were planning on going to? No, I, well, I should, I was going to, I don't think it was on the radar for me to go back in the day, mm. like in the 90s, like my parents weren't. Spice gonna, heads? Like, they weren't spice money. heads? <laughs> well, they weren't going to like <laughs> bend money for me to go, you know, give me like however much money that was, that would have been like a Christmas present, you know, and like they couldn't figure that out. So, but then I think I was trying to go in 2008 when they did their reunion tour where they didn't call it a reunion tour, but like, that's what it was. And I remember like trying to go with a friend and then was like, oh, well, I don't have like $200 for this ticket because I'm a lowly Hollywood assistant who makes wow. 10 bucks an hour. 200, so, that's steep, but worth it. It was steep. And in retrospect, it was so worth it. And I could have made it happen and I didn't. And so, you know, and I have to live with the life I've chosen. Mm, for yeah, myself, that's right. So. We all do. Amanda, uh, C- Clayton, are you guys uh, Spice Girls? He- spice Heads? Uh, huge. Like, so, so huge. And I'm I'm also with Georgia. Like, I begged my parents to let me go to a concert. And it was just, like, out of the budget. But I did get to take a trip to London when I was, like, 13. And this was at the height of, like, Spice Girls fever. And I bought so much Spice Girl, like, paraphernalia that I, I showed up to my first day of high school wearing platform shoes. Um, they were, like, sneakers, but, like, super platform. And they literally mm-hmm. said yeah, yeah. Spice Girls on them. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Were, oh my were god. you cool? I did were you No, <laughs> no, no of course not. I also had like an ankle length duster sweater on. <laughs> Very scary vibes. Scary I feel like Scary used to wear like that long sweater. Clayton, did you love the spice? I would say here's what I'll say. I was more at that time in my life into like Ana DeFranco Spice and Tori Amos Spice and Sarah McLaughlin Spice. Like, those were my Spice Girls. Yeah. However, I did get down with their... I mean, their songs were so catchy, unforgettable. And I will say the one lyric that has always stuck with me from a Spice Girls song is the, be a little bit wiser, baby, put it on, put it on. I remember yes. feeling kind of yes. scandalized, like, but like, yeah, like, like they were like telling it to you, like That's in a song. Right. And I was like, I have, I always think about that line. The first thing with Spice Girls that, and also like, why is she called Scary Spice? It just seems mean. That's well, the other thing now, now in retrospect, you know, I think we should talk about this. <laughs> you know, wh- when you think about the, uh, you know, outspoken black woman being labeled as Scary Spice, it doesn't, um, it doesn't hold up as well. Time has. <laughs> I'd go ahead and call yeah. it full on racist. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but um, I, I was actually, you know, a, a secret Spice Girl fan. Mm. Um, yes, in in the dark. Why did you have to be secret? Well, because I was going through my goth phase. Oh no! Um, <laughs> you and me, Rebecca, we would have been besties. I know. And I got I was done with like, the goth kids. <laughs> I was really into whole. And, you know, yes. some like real edgy, yes. angry stuff, um, <laughs> which is so hilarious to me now looking back because like I never did drugs. Like what what kind of like goth people were these <laughs> goths I was hanging out with, you know, yeah, like um, the least edgy goth person exactly, ever. <laughs> exactly. I, I whatever. So anyway, I, I listened to it in the shadows of my room. Um, but. <laughs> 
I think this, you know, later on, I think we'll figure out what Spice Girl we all were all. But I think we need to dive in and talk about the a little bit of background about the Spice Girls before we start putting people up on the board. And I don't mean spi- uh, background of the actual Spice Girls. I mean, the Spice Girls movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, you know, they were all about girl power. And this girl power movement was actually started by the riot girl underground feminist punk movement in uh, Washington State in the early 90s. So they kind of like set the stage and the term girl power actually was pretty much inspired slash stolen from uh, the Black Panthers and the Black Power, you know, movement. And uh, they're uh, girl power, the riot girl, they're associated with um, third wave me- feminism, which if we remember from the Monica Lewinsky episode, this was uh, the iteration of the feminist movement that was happening in the 90s. So, you know, this kind of it, it's interesting to think about Monica Lewinsky in the time of this girl power movement happening and the spice like you can imagine Monica Lewinsky listening to the Spice Girls at the gym, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She definitely did. And she definitely did. Um, So, okay. So we know we grew up in the 90s. I did. It was a very confusing time, uh, for especially for girls. Um, And a, a lot of mixed messages were being thrown at us. So, for instance, like, be strong, but look cute. Um, be thin, but um, make it look like you're not trying to be thin. Uh, be an advocate for yourself, but don't be a bitch. You know, a lot of these mm-hmm. same And those messages. are all lines from Spice Girl songs, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think... The album that didn't make it out. Well, what was so awesome about the Spice Girls was that they were not apologetic about their feminist demands. So... You know, in, in their and and they, I guess there was an interview where they asked them where girl power came from, and Jerry uh, said that it came from a, a band called Shampoo, which was, I guess, a, a British, you know, band mm. at the time that. I think their album was called Girl Power. Anyway, she didn't even know it, it was part of the Riot Girl movement. So it's just you know they're drinking it in the water. Anyway, their debut single is the, the what's cool about the Spice Girls is like in their debut, right? They're telling you what they want. They're not asking for it, right? <laughs> they're setting boundaries for themselves, like however silly it sounds. Um, but if you want to be their lover, you got to get with their friends. So it's like they're, <laughs> they're making it mm. nice and clear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. I respect that. Uh, yeah, and they were just like giving this like sex positive message. Like Clayton was saying, like to become one, it's like, uh, get what is it? Get closer, but put it on, put it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, when I, I love that you brought that up, Clayton, because when I learned about that, like, I don't think I was maybe a little too young to be like, well, that's just, those are just words. Mm. And then later was like, oh, put a condom on? <laughs> right. Like, they're promoting safe sex, and that's crazy. Oh, God. Like, I uh, think Amanda's having uh, a revelation. I, <laughs> I really am. I was just looking at those lyrics, and when Clayton first said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's cool. And then I'm looking at it here on the page, and I'm going, put it on, put it on. And it, oh, wow, I did not realize. It's very visual. It's a very visual lyric. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, nowadays, songs are so, like, they're so like things they sing about, which are so like so hypersex. But that was like very subtle at the time. Seemed like, oh, it's making me think about a condom on a dick. <laughs> yes, news to me, but that's I mean, great. <laughs> you all, you have to learn about it sometimes. Well, this is what made them. This is what made them the Spice Girls because like they were appealing to a range of women and girls and men and you know a, a range of people that were te- I don't know eight years old, maybe younger to like in their th- early 30s, perhaps, or like people who were, you know, so it's like, get it, put it on, put it on is a little bit open to interpretation, just sure. enough that you can serve mm-hmm. it to the tiny kid. Yeah, you, you can <laughs> yeah. still put it on the radio or, without getting it. And the it. parents yeah. can feel good about exactly. it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's much better than like, hit it in the morning, like in the Ariana Grande song, you know, it's like, parents are like, okay, <laughs> yeah. 
But this is like, okay, this is responsible. I, like, I'm okay yeah. with this. It was, it was teaching responsibility from a young age, I think. And from like people you respect, from these women that you respected. Because they garnered our respect by being like, this is who I am upon unapologetically themselves. And I, that's like why I love them so much is they just were who they were and didn't give a fuck. It's right. I- Instead of, I mean, and yes, like we learned, you know, they sort of had to, you know, deal with like a lot of crap from a lot of different people. And like, you know, so they maybe couldn't be just who they wanted to be fully. But from the outside in, it really looked like that. And that was like a, such a powerful message for a young well, girl. I isn't felt. that the female journey? They tell you, they tell you, you can be whoever you want to be, but let's be honest. They don't yeah. really want you to be whatever you want to be. <laughs> Not at all. There are restrictions. But don't gain any weight. But but yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, you know, and, and something that was so awesome was, uh, well, not awesome. I was just, okay. Uh, I was thinking about wannabe and listening to it. And we all agree that Zig Zig is an orgasm, right? <gasps> oh my God, Amanda's what? having... Oh, that's a, <laughs> I mean, that's a I'm revelation with, I'm with to the, me. I'm with Amanda. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Clean, can you... I haven't listened to the song. Can you please put, uh, get the okay. lyrics? I'm I'm 100%. Uh, Zig-a-zig-ah ah. is cu- like yeah. coming. It's like an or- having an orgasm. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, really, really wanna zig-a-zig-ah. When a zig a zig ah. Uh, I mean, okay, I I'm guess. open. To, I like this yeah. interpretation. <laughs> what? Yeah, I hadn't thought sure. about it. I would have said probably. I would have said if left to my own devices that maybe it was just sex. Ah. Uh, you know, like, but but I like the you know that it equals orgasm in your mind. I mean, I can. It, I can. They didn't get want just that. sex, right? They wanted pleasure yeah. for themselves, and that was like a real yeah, feminist. Also good point. Good point. You know, message. That's huge. I guess I'm saying we're saying all this to say that whatever you think about the Spice Girls, however they sound or their songwriting, they were a very important part of, you know, girls in the 90s. But we're not here to discuss, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, how the, the, the huge impact that they, you know, made for for now uh, adult women, you know, right now and how they impacted us like that. We're here to get petty. And we're here to figure out <laughs> who's to blame for the breakup of the Spice Girls. I'm just going to get us started by putting Ginger Spice. Okay, up on I was going to say, I already have some ideas. <laughs> yeah. Her departure, yeah, was huge. Uh, just for a little background. Um, she said, uh, according to an article, B- uh, ABC, Brown, who's Mel B., said that she and Hallowell shared the leadership of the group from day to day and that Hallowell actually came up with the name Spice Girls. But we had a five-year plan that got shortened after three years, she said. We were all eventually going to go our own way anyway. We always knew Victoria was going to go into fashion. Mel C was going to do music. Emma wanted to do radio. I wanted to do a bit of everything. But it did come early. So when Jerry left the group, it was bad, she said. She left on my birthday and didn't tell anybody. (laughs) She didn't just show up. We had the rest of the tour and the American part of the tour to continue. So uh, when King asked whether there was any bitterness, she said, yeah, for a long time between me and her, there was bitterness. So for this like friendship, uh, uh, you know, their whole thing was like promoting like friendship and blah, blah, blah. It sounds like... There might have been some tension between Ginger and Scary Spice. I mean, I interpret it as as Scary, Mel B, being pissed at Ginger for leaving. And I think there was something else going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. I Ginger, when, you, when she talks about why she left the band, she's like, well, I wanted to do this interview about breast cancer awareness. And they wouldn't let me do this interview. And so I just decided I'm going to leave now because I'm mad that they won't let me do this interview. But she had apparently already told, you know, the managers and everybody involved with the Spice Girls that she was going to leave at the end of the tour anyway. But she got pissed about not being allowed to do this interview. And that's why she decided to leave. And that to me just stinks. Like, it does not ring true at all. I'm like, something else must have happened. I totally get 
not wanting to be controlled to that level. And maybe that breast cancer was an issue that's near and dear to her heart, but something else was going on. If you're going to walk away from that juggernaut in the at the height of, you know, it's whatever, (laughs) like when it's exploding and like you're in the middle of a tour, I just feel like we're never, we don't know the real reason why she left. Yeah. I mean, I heard about that, that thing, the breast cancer interviewers, like, she was like, can I just do something by myself? Like, is there no way that I can like be an individual for one afternoon, like one second, one interview? I mean, like you signed up to like, you guys kind of knew this was going to be what it was for a while. I also think they were just exhausted. Like they were working I don't, they, they didn't have like one day off in 97. Wow. It's like what all the K-pop groups do. They all live together, but I don't know how, I yeah. mean, they must've figured out some magic since these times because they stay together a little bit longer, <laughs> but it's a lot, it seems just like pop boot camp. It's yeah. Yeah. And maybe she was just like, I just can't, like, I just can't, can't. She was the first, uh, to release a solo album, I believe. Is that so? Like post, is she older? Is she old? Is she and she's the, the oldest. oldest. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if her like maturity level of just being like, all right, I'm like ready to move on to some other regular adult life. Thing. But yeah. then, but then also her maturity and sort of you know respecting the like what she came here to do sure. and to be a part of the group of like, well, I'm going to like at least finish the tour. <laughs> yeah, like, that's it's like crazy. When you realize that you're graduating, like you're over uh, high school, but. Uh... <laughs> But you're still like in your twenties, <laughs> like how like mature? Are you? <laughs> well, she was uh, in my interpretation of the Spice Girls. She to me was like the star, right? Like she really mm. came across. I think even more, like maybe behind the scenes, like her and Scary Ginger and Scary were both in charge. But to me, I always thought of Ginger as like the the leader, the frontman, like the mm-hmm. JT, the uh, Justin Timberlake of the Spice Girls. Um, And so I equate it almost to like, you know, when people leave SNL to like go do movies. It's like Uh she probably had ambitions. I don't know, Rebecca, if you have anything in your notes about that. She did have ambitions. um, And she did claim to be exhausted. And she claimed to need a break. Um, There was a BBC article I found uh, that said that years later in the documentary, Giving You Everything, she explained that she became distanced from the rest of the band. I felt I didn't belong there anymore. They didn't need me anymore, really. And I definitely felt very redundant. Um, and then there's a, a Bustle uh, article that says, nine years after the departure, the 44-year-old opened up about quitting the band in the 2007 uh, documentary. She explained, I remember knowing in my heart in the days approaching that I was going to leave. And the song Viva Forever was standing there thinking, oh, my God, this is the last time I'm going to perform with them. I'd given all I could. I felt like I didn't belong anymore. They didn't need me anymore. Really. I, I was definitely very redundant and concluded I kind of threw in the towel and gave up. Yeah, I think that just to me speaks to someone like taking, I don't know, something, there was a shift, like to feel redundant after what I have to say that when I looked at the timeline, I was shocked to realize how few years it was like the band, like hitting big and then officially breaking up. It was like two years that they were (laughs) running around and, you know, at the top of the world, like when it came to the States, like we didn't get, we probably, you know, like now we get music you know, globally, it like all happens at once. But if they're, if Wannabe came out in July 96 in England, like we probably didn't get it until like the fall or it didn't like maybe catch on until the fall. Like I wonder when it hit our charts. So yeah, they were like a, it, looking back, they were such a blip, but like, I know, well, I mean, they were no. the impact. The impact was incredible. <laughs> yeah. So you got to remember that we were probably like angsty, like tween agers at the time. So yeah. like a week felt like a lifetime. You right. know, it's like I was like I had True. boyfriends that lasted a week. You know, <laughs> and that was long. <laughs> so I think we should talk about like the, the, another thing that I wanted to put up on the board. Wait, before you say that, I just want to circle back about something I found about the Ziga Ziga. Okay that I think would be interesting for y'all to know. Uh, apparently, it refers to a neighbor at their gritty short... This is from Glamour.com. Um, it refers to a neighbor <laughs> at their gritty shortage recording studio. Quote, this guy had this nasty habit of taking a dump in the shared Kazi while smoking a cigar. 
So we took to referring to him as shit and cigars. During the recording, this phrase was thrown around a lot and must have worked its way into Melby's subconscious, who pretty much wrote all the lyrics. She may have considered shits and cigars for a minute, but eventually settled on Ziga Ziga instead. Whoa. Hmm. Not at all sexual. <laughs> well, maybe for I, some. I want to know who but the not for. Is. I, she wants, so what she's saying is, I want to, I want to, I want to take a shit and smoke yeah, a cigar. That can't be right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This source is this not is, I found glamour. I found this on multiple. I, because the first one I was like, this can't be true. And then I found it in glamour, and I was like, okay. Oh my god. But who knows? It's the internet. Take it for now. Th- this kind of goes with that. You know, I, I don't think they really had any friends outside of the group. During this, the whole time. I, they were, they were, yeah, they were very confined to just like being with each other. Well, so maybe um, then, I don't want to yeah. step on your toes, Rebecca, if you're getting there, but maybe then, you know, like Victoria pairing up with um, David Beckham mm-hmm. and like kind of planting the seed that things were going to branch and split. Maybe that really did get to Jerry because, and all of them, because they were like, oh, she gets to have a life. How did they have time? Yeah. How did she and, have time to meet David Beckham? I mean, good I point. don't know. But also the life, that life of Posh being at Posh and Bex, they were like insanely popular, yes. like crazy, crazy. Like he was the biggest football oh, star yeah. and she was like the biggest pop Maybe star. Maybe she stole the spotlight. And I think she stole too much of the spotlight whether she meant to wow. or not and jerry was maybe like mm. i need to go find myself a footballer so, david so should we put victoria and david Be- beckham up on the board or should we call it their relationship i think mm. I, maybe the relationship was a trigger it could be yeah the star i think it deserves to go on the board yeah I, uh, so I, I found some article on The Guardian. Uh, Rebecca Cripps wrote it, and she wrote, uh, relationships between the girls were never fixed. They all had special connections with each other. Victoria and Mel B shared a particularly earthy humor, but Victoria rarely joined Mel and Jerry on their mad nights out. Mel C and B had common ground as Northerners, but Mel C mm. and Emma would often spend quiet weekends together, and Jerry and Victoria hung out a lot i mean it sounds like i wrote See, that in my diary <laughs> what's so fascinating about all this and that maybe we don't we're not as attuned to is that like region regional things in england mm-hmm. is so important in terms of how people like view each other and i can't imagine how the dynamic for all of these five women to show up and be like oh you're from there 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 and now we're in this group like yeah the class where do the alliances lie you know and victoria was a little they Jeez, I did start her autobiography. And <laughs> Victoria's. Don't worry. I have several <laughs> right next to me. I have Melby's and Victoria's right next to me. Um, she was like, we weren't that rich. Like, da da da. She really like downplays that. Like, mm, our house was like a big house, but no, it wasn't. But the girls looked to, at her like, we did, like, we, none of us came from anything, but mm. Victoria did come from money. Well, posh. The, I mean, there was, there was, I guess, Truth to all of the uh, all mm. of the nicknames, I think that um, it, it, like they weren't getting outside, they weren't meeting other people or hanging out, and and like we said that the Victoria and Beckham like break would have been a big blow. It's like you know, it's like when your friend gets a boyfriend and then they stop hanging out yeah. with you. It's, it's like so worth. classic, and that's literally yeah. what they sang about. Like, the- <laughs> yeah. Gotta get with my friends, yeah. <laughs> David. <laughs> but they all like David. I think. Yeah, I'm sure. Can I? Okay, off of that, can I add or propose to add yes, something to the yeah. board? I think Simon Fuller needs Ooh. to go on the board. Was he one of their producers? He was the manager. He was the manager. Mm-hmm. Oh, the manager who like who really made them, but then just had them on an insane schedule. And part of what you're talking about, Rebecca, like they didn't have any other friends. Like there was no time. He like overworked them a little bit too much, like pushed it to be so big, which is and like we're talking like, oh, they were just a blip. But like they had such a lasting impression on all of us is like, yeah, I mean, it it worked, Simon. But it also I think I think he burned them out a little too. Mm. I love. Can I piggyback? Yeah, yeah. Simon Filler. Why was he doing that, Georgia? 
to make oh, money. God. Yeah, uh, yeah. And probably the reason why he wanted money is because he lives in a capitalist society, oh. and ultimately, capitalism is to blame. He's on a rampage. <laughs> Let's put it put Get it, it on the board. Get it up there. It's on. Yes, Clayton, you're right. And they did make just one year. They made over sixty five million dollars in just million. one, do- one year. It's a lot of money in in the nineties too. You know. So I I think that's a really good point, Georgia, because what happened then because of the burnout was that they decided that to they actually fired Simon Fuller and they decided that they were going to self-manage. And now let's take a quick break to speak about the Spice Girls managers with a guest expert, Lauren Bravo, author of What Would the Spice Girls Do? How the Girl Power Generation Grew Up. Do you think that the uh, problems with their management attributed to their downfall? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. So the Spice Girls had a lot of drama with their management even before they released their first single. So the the father-son duo that actually put them together, um, they had them in a house kind of training like a boot camp for a few months. And then the Spice Girls decided they actually wanted to flee. They kind of didn't want to stay with those managers anymore. They did this midnight flit where they all got in Jerry's car. They went and stole their master recordings from the studio, um, drove to Sheffield. It was all very dramatic. So they, they always had a quite a tempestuous relationship with their management. There'd been lots of ups and downs. Of course, um, you know, Simon Fuller was the sort of Svengali always credited with creating them. But actually the truth was they auditioned him, not the other way around. And they managed themselves for about a year before they, before they kind of found fame. So I think, yeah, definitely there were problems with the approach. I think he was working them very hard. I think that they wanted to make more creative calls and he wasn't letting them. Um, There were lots of arguments, I think about the sort of musical direction, the way they were going to go. But also, I think, you know, women in their early 20s who'd been thrown together into such an intense working relationship, I think anyone would find that difficult. And naturally, they were going to have differences of opinion. They were going to want to go in different directions. But it's interesting, Jerry has since said that she regrets making that call. You know, she really regrets leaving when she did. Listen to the full interview on Thursday's Aftermath episode. Now back to our conversation. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm just surprised they didn't hire someone else. I think they just didn't trust it. Yeah, I mean, they had poor management before Simon, which was, you know, so maybe they, you're right. Maybe they had trust management, trust issues. Maybe that should go up on the board. 
Uh, yeah, put it up. And, and going off up, of this. Put it up. <laughs> put it up. Okay. Um, going off of this burnout thing, you know, the, of course, Jerry said it was like, you know, differences. And she said it was, uh, she was tired. Uh, but there's also talk, um, even to this day, that she had an eating disorder. And mm. the pressure was just too much. Um, so she needed to get away. Um, of uh, part of, uh, again, the Guardian article, of course, I noticed the burgeoning food and self-image issues. One girl developed a morbid predilection for grapes, another for nothing but smashed veg. Feeling out of mm. control is, co- is a common underlying cause of anorexia, and things were happening so fast that it must have been hard to keep a handle on it. Their schedule was packed, they worked long hours, and re- rarely had a day off. The pressures of fame were extreme, however, desperately they sought it in the first place. It was the price you pay, they were told, whether you were being chased by paps, hounded by uh, fans, or derided by the media. Mm. So pressures of fame, or how do you want to say that? It kind of goes hand in hand with the music industry's obsession with beauty too, right? Because mm. it's like, why can't it just be about the music? And this is in the in a time period where there weren't as many. It was hard, you know. It's harder. It's still harder to be a female musician. It's like the expectations of female pop stars, superstars, you know, all of that wrapped into yeah, the pressure. So, so, what would you call it? like female pressure? Maybe sexism in the music industry, sort of thinking Mm. back to our Kanye Taylor Swift um, episode, you know, there's obviously that's all part of sexism. Yeah. Yeah. It seems very image based, like they create an image and then you must always, you can't venture too far from that image, you know, it's like. Well, and control, the control that they exercised over them. Like if this, you know, Jerry saying like, I wanted to, you know, just do something to endorse breast cancer awareness or whatever, you know, on my own. And I wasn't even allowed to do that. Um, right. So there's this like domination that they have over their every aspect of their lives. If, because they're in this group, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, I mean, that's tied into the music industry and. I, I mean, we could put fashion industry up there also. <laughs> yes. Why, put it up why there. Why are those shirts why so not? short? But, <laughs> but they like now I think, you know, maybe there's more liberty for, uh, for performers to like reinvent themselves per album. Whereas like then, like also Jerry had that, like that hair, Mm. like, like she like was ginger. So she had to have this like red hair and that extra orange Mm -hmm. stripe, you know, like that highlight in the front. (laughs) And, and it's like, it was too rigid or Mm. something like this, this beauty and fashion rigidity of like, now you are ginger and you shall always be ginger scary you're always gonna wear fucking leopard and be like loud it's like we have more dimensions to us and i think it's like they each represented okay sorry here's my little tangent (laughs) i like (laughs) the spice girls because in a way or looking back like when you're a tween you know you have to identify with one of them but now looking back i'm like no they are each a representation of like a part of myself Mm. like i all of the spice girls are within like sex in the city that's right (laughs) <laughs> yes exactly but like there's a miranda them, in all of us there's a miranda mm-hmm. yeah whether you like it or not <laughs> yeah. yeah and a samantha mm-hmm. um, um i was always, always thought it was interesting that ginger was the only actual literal spice i know it was referring to her hair <laughs> yeah but you know you think spice don't pull they're, the spi- they're spicing it. things up ginger's a literal spice you can't cook with yeah. baby spice the 2020 version yes. of the band is like turmeric. Turmeric turmeric would be the most popular for sure. Yeah. This is something that <laughs> we need to put up on the board, and it's it's the marketing because it's what make them it's it made them so successful. But at the same time, when one of them left, it was like they were losing a limb, right? It's like the golden yeah. handcuffs, you know, for anyone who gets just ends up in something that becomes huge and like a big hit. And then they're just so associated with that. I'm sure like the cast of friends has something to say about that. You know, like everybody Mm. wants to be able to go off and do something else after, but they're really just, we're looking at Rachel and Monica, you know, forever (laughs) in in some ways. I mean, that's not the best example because they're so huge, but great example, but like, 
maybe, you know, Jerry saw her, the future and thought, I got to get out now because they've like locked me in this box, in this ginger box. I mean, I, I can uh, see that, but I can also see how she didn't have the foresight to realize that if she let, maybe she, she got like too high on her, uh, high on her britches. Is that what the term is? Yeah. <laughs> Brit, Not exactly. Brit, too high up on the bridge. Her- she got too high up on the bridge. No. Pedestal, maybe high on too the pedestal. Big, 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 big your for your britches. Oh. She was too big, big for your for britches. Her britches. I thought it was high on the britches. <laughs> um, uh, we know you did. <laughs> um, anyway, she was. She went. She went on a very high bridge, and she thought. Well, wasn't that in that to become one music video? Were they <laughs> yes! sitting on a bridge? <laughs> That's what you're thinking of. <laughs> That bridge got to her head and she was like, I can make it out on my own. But the reality of it was that they were a package. Yeah, it felt and it they were a spice blend. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't work without all of them. Is it possible that another thing that contributed to the breakup and our lack of interest in their final album was the aging fans? So we were essentially growing up, right? Um, in, there's an InStyle article. It says, for me, the Spice Girls split as also happened right as junior high turned into high school. The real Spice Girls parted ways, and so did I with all of my middle school Spice Girl friends. It felt like mm-hmm. life was imitating the teen people headlines. So it, it's like inevitability of like change, especially in that those young years where... You really are beholden to, you know, where you live. Like, you can't control a lot. Like, how, how many times did you lose friends because you just went to different schools, you know? I mean, inevitability is almost, like, the reason, one, you know, the reason itself that, that like, all of those bands that, that are tied so closely to your your youth or, like, the moment right before you come of age, you, event, you know, they just, they can't, they're rooted to that too much to then evolve along with you. Mm-hmm. It's not like a Madonna or somebody who can reinvent and reinvent and reinvent. A Gaga per se. Maybe maybe it has something to do with them also aging. So at a certain point, they had to like move on to a next like phase in their life that maybe wasn't um, as desired. Like they were going to get into their 30s soon. And we all know that as a woman in the entertainment industry, you die. Um, yeah, you know, that's when you yeah, die. You turn 30. Right. Now, I we do have to get to knocking stuff off the board, but I have one suggestion, if I may. Yes. I think we should put girl power up on the board because mm. in, a, in a way, hear me out. While it's a great idea in theory, it's so simplistic and it puts you in such a box. It's also so... Um, you know, it's a very narrow view of what it means to be like a woman. It's also in that third wave, third wave of feminism. It's sort of um, exclusive in a way instead of inclusive. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just I feel like also just having to live up to this girl power idea when you're actually in what's quite a quite sexist and patriarchal system of the music industry may have mm. caused the implosion. That's interesting. They, there was rumors that they, well, not rumors, but there was like, a, they were kind of split, I think, people about whether they were actually embracing the feminism wave or whether they were using it as a thing. Oh, yeah. For, it was, they co- become co-opted it, kind of. Okay, so we need to, we need to get to crossing things off. Uh, Clayton, will you hit us with the board? Who is to blame? We have Ginger Spice, no friends outside of the group, Posh and Bex, Simon Fuller, their manager, capitalism, that was just a dumb joke, management, trust (laughs) issues, sexism in the music industry, the fashion industry, marketing, (laughs) aging fans, inevitability of time, Spice Girls aging, and girl power. Okay. How do we feel about taking out management trust issues? Yeah, yeah, I, I would take that off. I think more than than that, it was Simon Fuller. So maybe marketing as well could. Come I mean, off? I don't know about that. Okay. Right? Or what about inevitability of fashion? Pie? Yeah, fashion industry. We yeah, oh, yeah. Fine. fine. It may have made them exhausted <laughs> trying to stay in those fashion clothes, but there's bigger problems. I think. <laughs> For me, I really feel like it's it's ginger. It's some combination of ginger, Posh and Bex. 
Simon Fuller and like inevitability. Are are you mm. trying not to do the um the the tried and true method of process of elimination? <laughs> no, I'm just I mean, I guess I am. Okay. Rebecca, you're, 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 you're being sing? such a ginger right now, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I feel redundant. I got to go. <laughs> no. Oh. Um I I do have to agree with Stosh on those on the the first three that you said, Ginger, Posh and Bex and Simon Fuller. I think they're like the well okay okay but I, sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry we, we can, have we gone bro keep eliminating yeah i'm sorry <laughs> i think more than the uh more than the spice girls aging i think because i think we can take off the spice girls aging i think aging yeah, fans i would say they're yeah they're aging fans is more yeah i agree with that and inevitability sure. of time we can take that cross that off as well <laughs> <laughs> i mean i disagree but okay just kidding Time. I mean, it definitely has something to do with the industry. Like they were at the tail end of these groups. So I do think there's something like industry related. Right. Whether, whether it's timing, there's something in there. I mean, capitalism, we can also take off. Yes, for as sure. As well, uh, not sexism in the music industry. We cannot take that off. And also, uh, we can take out no friends outside of the group. I was, yeah, I was going to say that. Can yeah. So we're now left with Ginger... Posh and Bex, uh, Simon Fuller, sexism in the music industry, marketing, aging fans, and girl power. Marketing and aging fans kind of go go together in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like they needed to learn how to evolve with us. Right. But something about that I like about Maybe. marketing is that it, it is it's a double edged sword, right? I might fold marketing in with sexism in the music industry mm, yeah i think that's that a good crazy idea. that's a good idea i don't think you can j- blame like primarily ginger spice but it feels to me just hear me out that ginger spice kicked off something it started yeah. kind of like a change in the perception that then was a- affected their marketing which then affected their fan base who was aging anyway and everyone just kind of soured to the spice, <laughs> if but, you will. Okay, maybe off of your idea, maybe Posh and Bex were the catalyst before Ginger, like, because they got together sure. before Ginger uh-huh. left. I know. I'm sort of also getting the feeling, though, that we could we could really remove Posh and Bex from the list. Because if... What? I don't know. Like, did they... Are they really responsible for the... They're just living you know, their life. Yeah. They're living their life. You can't, yeah. you can't stop love. You can't help loving who you love. They grew up. It's like Peter Pan. Like they, yeah. Spice met someone, fell in love. She met her prince charming, and they grew up and wanted to go get their own castle. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Ginger was like, "Well, I want to grow up too." But yeah, but Ginger was grown. <laughs> I feel like she was. She was. But and also, what's true is that we're talking about the actual breakup, not the disintegration. It's like right, the actual right, right. breakup. So, I think Ginger, to me, Ginger's more culpable than Posh and Bex. I think. Hmm. I I'm I would with agree. You. Yeah, I I take your point, Georgia. Though I'm mad at them too. Don't worry. <sighs> okay. Good. Good. <laughs> See. Well, here's something. Let me just throw this into the mix because Ginger Spice did leave, but they went on. Mm-hmm. They re-choreographed. They kept going and finished their tour and released music. Like, what is it? Like a year or so after uh-huh. that? I mean, that was like their... So like, could Ginger Spice also be considered a catalyst, but not the reason? Well, I think she was more... Uh, Victoria didn't leave them mid-tour. No, but Ginger Spice. Yeah. She maybe have left them mentally and in her heart. But she was their album forever came came out in 2000. Right. After which is is like, yeah, that's years after. But we can take. But were they no longer the Spice Girls without Ginger? Is that the question we're talking about? Yeah, maybe. Look, I, I mean, like, I do not remember that third album. That's that's what I'll throw out there is like, I definitely didn't buy it. And it was. It was like and an afterthought. Why not? I don't know. Maybe that's because I was an aging fan. Yeah. Band. Why? Why didn't you yeah. want to buy it? You were getting a little older. I was like too cool. <laughs> um, what about Simon that's Fuller? Should we? It's hard. I, I don't know. What do you guys think about Simon Fuller? Was he that bad or was he just doing what music managers do? 
Hmm, that's a, you know he was doing his both, job, and he was yeah. doing he was definitely doing a good job to Clayton's yeah. point of capitalism. I, I guess <laughs> I mean, more I than like... Simon Fuller, it would have been sexism in the industry, in the music industry. Well, then they got rid of him, and they just they managed themselves. So and it didn't I mean, go well, you, right? So I guess should we put self management up there? <laughs> I also think we can take girl power off. Um, you know who is self-managed is Chance the Rapper. I looked it up after we were talking. About oh, wow. Oh. oh, well, he's doing Good well. for him. Right? Yeah. So he's doing well. So, okay, so now we have Ginger Spice, sexism in the music industry, and aging fans. I have a feeling I know what I want to do. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I think that I want to send Ginger Spice to jail. <gasps> and... I want to give aging fans everywhere the big slap. Yeah, okay. I can. I can really? agree with that. <laughs> I, I, I hate to send her to jail, but like, I, it's like, how do we? How do you not? Yeah. In a way, right? I, like, she, if maybe if she hadn't left, like, forever would have performed really well, and then they would have still. I don't know. But also, that album would have been different. If she, they would have come out with an album. They would have had to come out with another album in '99. I just. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think the way she left the way she left so abruptly, like there there could have been a better way for her to transition out and kind Definitely. of just like calm everyone down and be like, it's gonna be okay. There's life after Ginger Spice leaves the Spice Girls, you know? But that sudden removal, sure, uh like removing herself from the the tour, that to me is is too much of a blow. It's too much of a marketing uh problem and you know if there's any admission of guilt she has since like recently in the past five years have come back and apologized <gasps> for for leaving oh the group God. saying that she was being a brat these are some of the things that i've oh, read wow. so if you know it's like she knows that she definitely caused something she caught something is that what you said she caught something caught caused oh. <laughs> something sorry <laughs> okay. she caught a bad case of the breakup breakup bands. Yeah, the breakup blues. <laughs> um, okay, I, I'm gonna call it. Uh, aging fans, you're getting the big slap. Ginger Spice, you're going to the alarmist jail. Just so you know, this is coming out on election day, and I know a lot of us are going to be so stressed. And there's no mm. other thing I'd rather be talking about than the Spice Girls on a day so stressful like today. <laughs> so thank <laughs> it's you. It's what America needs. It's, you are welcome. The, <laughs> British pop music is what America needs today. After the Spice Girls breakup. Rumors of a reunion circulated for some years, and in 2007, the Spice Girls once again took the stage for a world tour, this time including Jerry. The group also reunited for a performance at the closing ceremony of the London 2012 Olympic Games. According to BBC, in 2019, the Spice Girls did another reunion tour. Quote, It's the first time in a decade that they've performed together on tour, but it'll be Viva forever because original member Victoria Beckham won't be there. When tickets for the tour came out last November, demand was so high that there were over 700,000 people waiting in the virtual queue. Girl power lives on. you think is to blame by going to the alarmistpodcast.com follow us at the alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week we'll be discussing the trail of tears
Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.